Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is Jim Tripp, who's running for first selected in the town of Portland. Jim, welcome. How are you, my friend? Nice to meet you, Pete. You too, buddy. You too. Long time. It, this is the first time we've ever met, but we've actually spoken. So it's actually yep. nice to finally meet you in person. Yes. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming down. Thanks for coming down. So, Jim, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit of background on you. Uh, sure. Um, I'm Jim Tripp. I'm, I live in Portland. I'm married uh, to my wife, Liz. We've raised two children there. Um, love, our, love our town. We've been very fortunate. Uh, town has been very good to us. Um, fantastic education systems. Um, just a lot of things to love about our town. A lot of good progress ha has been made. Um, my background is um, I've got a 30-year career in the private sector. I spent five years at General Dynamics, the last 25 years working in telecom okay. um, education. I've got a uh, Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering from UMass Dartmouth and a Master's of Science in Management from Rensselaer Polytech. Oh, wow. So I've been very fortunate um, in Portland to be able to get involved in the community over 20 years ago, working with some volunteer groups like the Brownstone Quorum. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been, work, been working for over 20 years building the, the Riverfront Park. Uh, we're involved in cleaning up the quarries early in that process and promoting those. Okay. Um, recently been involved with uh, work with the Portland Lions, um, served as president of the Lions for a couple of years as we were starting a new community-based organization there. Mm -hmm. And on the, on the public side, I've, I also feel very fortunate. I've got to spend uh, some time I've served on our, our Parks and Rec Commission. Sure. I've served on a Board of Education. And for the last four years, I've served as a member of our Board of Selectmen. Really? You like it? I, I really like the work on the Board of Selectmen. Yeah. Um, there are certain challenges that, that you could see uh, working in the community that you could see coming down the pike yep. um, that kind of energize me to want to run for the Board of Selectmen and take on some of those roles. Yeah. Um, some of those issues are actually why I'm running for first selectman now. Okay, well then that opens up the question. Why, why, why'd you decide to run? Um, I decided to run. I mean, first of all, we've been fortunate for the last 18 years, we've been led by a first select woman, uh, Susan Bransfield. Absolutely. She's done a tremendous leader. Uh, the town has come a long way in that, in that time. Um, and we've, ma you know, we've made a lot of progress on a lot of issues. Right. You know, we've got over that time, you know, blue ribbon schools, two blue ribbon schools in our community, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But there are some issues that we see on the horizon that we need to address. Right. One of them is, is what we're going to do with addressing the, the rising water costs. Okay. This is something that um, I saw some of the communications and attended some of the meetings prior to running for the Board of Selectmen. And since I've been on the Board of Selectmen, I've been very involved um, chairing the water into a subcommittee to continue working on those issues. Okay. Education is something near and dear to my heart. Again, my kids received uh, fantastic educations uh, right. in the Portland public school system. But when we look at where we're at as a, as a district, we now are, have a situation where we've got our elementary facilities. We have three different elementary facilities. Mm -hmm. They're getting older. We need to look at what we're going to do uh, to generate, um, basically to kind of regenerate those facilities and get them to where we'd want to be for our students to have that 21st century learning. And from economic development, how are we going to stay strong as a community? How are we going to grow our tax base? How are we going to do things that can make our community overall healthier? Um, we have some things that we've been working on in terms of promoting with our businesses, et cetera. We've had good results from that, mm -hmm. but we have some big projects that are coming down and some things that I've been working on for a lot of years, such as the redevelopment of our riverfront brownfield parcel. So all of those together really, um, when, when Susan decided to retire, I just looked at my experience, I looked at the challenges that we're going to be facing, and decided that it was time, it was something I wanted to do. Now tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit about the riverfront brownfield project. Sure, the, there's three parcels. Um, 
uh, on Brownfield, on Brownstone Avenue in Portland, there were three parcels. It was basically an old tank farm okay. um, that was there, and there's a couple of empty lots. But basically, it was used with petroleum products, and it has some impacts, basically some contamination associated with that. Sure. But right across from the street from that, on the other side of Brownstone Avenue, we have our historic brownstone quarries. Right. Right. Now the brownstone quarries have been operating for uh, I think 16 years now okay. as a recreational facility that has been tremendous benefit to the town. Absolutely. Right? Um, just north of these three parcels is the brownstone, is the Portland Riverfront Park. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's that's been a focus that of my group for really since 2007. Okay. When you look at the, that area, um, if we could clean up that blighted property, um, that could put us in really in a good, uh, a good position to do some additional development and to enhance some of the uses that are bringing in good revenue to our town and creating a lot of good jobs. Right. So what's happened is in 2000, uh, 2012, I think we started initially looking at this from a, um, looking at the initial phase one evaluations of the property. And ultimately, in 2019, we ended up uh, buying the properties. So we had to go through that whole process. We were fortunate. We got a $750,000 grant from DECD. Mm -hmm. uh, we were able to use that. Uh, we bought the property because the, the Brownfields um, funding is available primarily to municipalities. So we, brought, uh, we bought the properties. We now we own them. And now we're using that grant to clean them up. Um, we have a, the RFP for that. Um, is basic. Actually, I think the RFP may have just come back okay. uh, for us to look at that, and is being evaluated now for how that um, um, for how we're going to proceed. The goal is to try to have the remediation at least uh, mostly complete, if not complete, in 2022. Wow! So at that, you know, so then we need to move forward from there. Yeah. Next piece is going to that we have to really focus on is doing a market study to see what's going to be the best use, what's going to continue to help us enhance the existing uses down there. That's important um, that we look at those uses and what's consistent, in my opinion, because we've had, for example, with the brownstone quarries, right. that generates about $400,000 a year yeah. in revenue for the town, which Absolutely. means we're reducing folks' taxes by about a half a mil by having those operate. Absolutely. If we can enhance that, if we can bring other uses, other economic development down that's consistent with how we're using other parts of the property, that just provides some good synergies for us. Now, let's talk about economic development in the town of Portland. How, how are things going economically for the town? Um, we're actually doing well in, on, in a lot of respects. Um, for example, if you take a look at Main Street, one right. of the challenges that, that you always want to look at is how many empty buildings do you have. Absolutely. Right Now, we, several years ago, um, started working on and re rebuilding things like our sidewalks and such, right? And we mm -hmm. have now a much more walkable community than we had several years ago. Okay. We also have a, a large parcel in the Elmcrest property which is now being is Brainerd Place and is being re redeveloped. Okay. That's going to be uh, two, two residential buildings that will house up to 238 units, mm -hmm. right, 238 apartments, 30% of which will be two-bedroom. The rest will be a studio or one-bedroom. So we know we're going to have some folks moving into the downtown with that facility, but another good component of that is over 100,000 square feet of commercial space. Okay. What's nice uh, as we're looking at that is, is we're starting to see with some of the, the positive things that are happening in town from those fronts, we have a lot of other businesses that have been investing in the downtown. Okay. We have Concentric Brewing that has come in, Portland mm -hmm. Ale House is coming in, Owens Emporium is coming in, we, you know, Bordenero's, uh, we had a wonderful pharmacy business uh, with, with Joe Bordenero's family. Um, when they retired and that shut down, that building's now being used for uh, uh, Owens Emporium, which is gonna be a new facility that's uh, coming in and, and doing um, um, 
consignment shop. Oh, cool. Um, we have other buildings that are being rehabbed. Uh, we have a local dentist is moving practices in. So there's a lot of things that we're starting to see and a lot of development that's happening with the, with the downtown to the point where on that Main Street component, we really don't have any vacancies. I think right now we might have one vacancy. Oh, wow. And then as you go out Route 66, mm -hmm. there's a couple of properties that we still need to find uses for, but as I understand it, um, the property owners have, have some things that they're working on and some very specific goals that they've set for themselves. Okay. So as a community from a, um, um, economic development, we're, we're doing well. We have some good things that are happening down at the riverfront. We also, our businesses um, are, are doing well in town. Also nice to see coming out of the pandemic with all the challenges. Yeah. We have a community that really supported at our local restaurants and such. Absolutely. So we're lucky that, you know, we basically, we still have all of our local restaurants. That local, the, the, you know, the local businesses that have been there for years are, are still there. Absolutely. So. Now let's talk, as far as the, with the town side of things, let's talk about the education aspect of things sure. and how things are looking on the education side. Sure. Um, again, uh, we're fortunate. We have a, a very good school system, um, but the and I'll, and I'll say you know across the board, um, the biggest thing we're facing, like a lot of other communities, is we've seen some declines in population. Yep. Right. And and that's always a challenge as, you, as you're trying to manage it. We do participate in open choice, um, so that helps provide you know more diversity within our community, but it also helps. It helps with the numbers, um, you know, help make sure that we keep more folks in our, in our school system. So that we kind of work together that way. The biggest challenge that I think right now is the fact that we have those aging facilities. Right. You know, our secondary complex is um, basically a 2004, I think about 17, 18 years old now. It's holding up pretty well. Um, the, our elementary school facilities, mm -hmm. those, some of those facilities, now you're going back, you know, some of them are you know, 70 year old facilities. We've got three of them. How are we going to manage those going forward? Right. What we actually created a couple months ago was a nine-member committee, five members of which are from uh, community at large, two members from the Board of Selectmen, two members from the Board of Education. Right. Um, the goal with uh, that committee is to actually analyze some different options, take a look at things that are available, um, and, and really kind of take a, do a study as to what the right solution and provide some recommendations. Those recommendations are due back in June of next year. Okay. And as for a selectman, one of my goals would be uh, to work and partner with our Board of Education this, and work with this committee, look at those recommendations and come up with what the correct solution is for Portland. I think the other, um, probably the other item from an education or facility standpoint, sure. it's worth addressing is, yeah. you know, we have an aging track facility. Okay. And there's been a lot of um, talk and a lot of conversation about, you know, how are we going to replace the track mm -hmm. and how are we going to work on that. And this is a place, again, where you look for those partnerships, right? right? A lot of the things we've accomplished, even when we talk about Riverfront, a lot of things we accomplish in town is uh, establishing and working with, you know, partnerships, whether it's the state. We actually were able to get into bond legislation um, some, some funding, some, a request for some assistance. Mm -hmm. And we're hoping that that gets bond and that, that will help out the town. But if not, well, this is a, an item that we've got to look at how we're going to um, we're going to move forward and proceed with using either some existing funds, um, or how we're going to kind of in a we want to we do this in a smart way where we don't provide an undue burden onto our taxpayers but no. we do have to get that track fixed so that uh, this this crop of students you know this this um, right. um, year of students is the last cohort that's not able to use it absolutely Jim would you mind sticking around for another segment absolutely all right we'll be right so. back our fellow Americans right now the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone 
The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. Community TV, your neighborhood TV. Publicly funded and a reliable partner for cable companies nationwide. It provides transparent coverage of local and state government, education, and public programming. A digital town green that can be watched anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Watch us on today's high-tech distribution methods. Community TV in Connecticut. Local. Unfiltered. Reliable. And, and yours. yours. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti, sitting here with Jim Tripp, who's running for first selectman of the town of Portland. Jim, welcome back, my friend. Now, let's talk a little bit about, obviously, you're running for the first selectman spot yes. in Portland. Who's running for the board of selectmen with you? Uh, very proud of the ticket that, okay. that we have. Uh, we have a lot of experience. Um, First of all, we have Ralph Zampano, who's our current deputy for a selectman. Okay. Um, he is running again uh, to sit on the board. I have Laurel Steinhauser, who's oh. the current member of our Board of Education, okay. who is running. Um, she's uh, somebody who's been working very hard and contributing a lot in our community. April Graves is uh, um, another woman who's uh, thrown her hat in the ring, and she's running on our ticket. Um, she's got a lot of background, has done a lot of work both in the social and uh, justice uh, realm and basically in the equity, okay. as well as uh, she's a co-founder of a, of a group that actually makes sure that um, kids can afford to pay, you know, go play sports and stuff that provides scholarships and treasure. It's called the Chatham, um, Chatham Connection. Uh, really? So, yes. Oh, cool. Um, and then John Dillon, who's been a longtime Portland uh, resident, his family's been in, in town um, for, for generations. Uh, but John also has years of experience both in, in administrative work um, for, the, for the state. He's, again, leader, manager of um, some large teams in the state. But he's also been in an elected capacity for, for uh, years and years as well. So when I look at it, it's, we talk about the fact we actually have, in our group, we have decades of experience in several, you know, many different sectors among, in town. Absolutely. So very proud of the team that we've assembled. Um, it's just a very a broad, um, it's, it's a broad coalition with some good uh, perspectives that really can talk about a lot of diverse issues that, that go on in town. One thing we got to mention. Yes. You and I have a mutual friend. We do. And that would be the first, that would be the Democratic town chairman of the town of Portland. Yes. Let's yeah. talk about him. The Greek. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, Brian O'Connor. Uh, yes. Nice to work with Brian, you know, former, former state representative. Absolutely. Um, just a wealth of knowledge and somebody that I know I always enjoy. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, um, Good, good friend, oh, but absolutely. also a, a very, very smart um, individual when it comes to policy oh, yeah. and, and the work that he does. So, oh, yeah. feel I've, fortunate. I've known Brian for twenty-five something years, and mm -hmm. actually, I worked with Brian's on his on his campaign when he was state representative down here, and we've still stayed in touch, yeah. and we still say we still talk. And as a yeah. matter of fact, it was because of Brian and Susan Bransfield that you and I got hooked up and are doing the show together tonight. Well, we'll see how it goes, and I'll know whether or not I thank them or you know, so, No, I definitely Thanks, Jim. express the appreciation. Thanks. So, um, no, it's a, it's a really, 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 Brian's a really good guy. Yes. Now, let me, let me, let's ask you this. As far as, obviously, for 
the election, mm -hmm. you have an opponent. I do. What makes you different than your opponent? Um, I'd say the, the, the difference is it has to do with leadership. Uh, I'd, say, I'd say leadership and experience. Um, you know, he's, my opponent is somebody I've worked with. You know, I've, I've served, as I mentioned, I served a couple years right. as president of the Portland Lions. And he was, on, he's in the Lions with me. Okay. Um, he's one, one of the officers. Um, we get along, you know, fine on a, on a personal level. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and he's a nice guy. I don't have, you know, no challenges, you know, no issues. Um, Right. You know, in terms of so, like we, like I said, we just we get along well, which makes it it's an interesting dynamic as we're running against each other. Absolutely. But what I will say is that it, to me, it comes down to its experience. Right. You know, there's um, when I look at the challenges that we're facing, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's again water and having a plan to do that, whether it's analyzing um, what we need to do with our schools and being part of that solution. Um, I've got over, like I said, over 20 years of volunteer experience in the town on a wide array of if, uh, boards and commissions right. and over 30 years of business experience. I've also raised a family in town. There are certain pressures and certain challenges that families face um, w you know, when they're paying taxes, when right. they, you know, that, that I had, I've lived that experience. Um, so I think that all helps when you're trying to understand where people are coming from and when you're trying to put together solutions right. that make sense for you know, not only on paper, but also for how they're gonna impact families. Right. So um, I think also that level of experience, you know, there's, you know, I've managed large teams. So when I'm managing the, you know, basically if you're, when you're the, the first selectman of Portland mm -hmm. is the CEO of the town, you're right. effectively running a $36 million enterprise. Correct. Um, I've managed large budgets, uh, that number. The, the job I have now, I'm involved in negotiating contracts, uh, you know, large contracts. Right. Um, I've managed large teams before of, you know, 30 people and, you know, plus, um, and I've managed both union and non-union folks. Okay. So um, I just, I think that the big difference is how I would be able to use my experience and lead um, and just the difference in, and just uh, basically hit the ground as, uh, hit the ground running on day one. Right. You know. Right. What's your campaign platform? Um, Primarily, I've been my my platform. I've been focused on to me what I think right now is sort of the three top issues. We've okay. talked about two of them already, but one of them, you know, I, I really am focused on what's going on with the cost of water in our community. That right. has a negative impact. You know, a lot of these issues they overlap, right? When you're talking about economic development, you've also got to talk about the cost of water. You've got to talk about what you're doing with your sidewalks and walkability, right? If they all interrelate, absolutely, to basically make the entire community uh, stronger, right? So. My focus in, from a platform has been we really we need to address the rising cost of water. Okay. We need to continue to drive you know, economic development, redevelopment of the riverfront, and we need to focus and maintain education because that is so critical not only to our, the kids that we raise in our community to be right. successful, but to the health of the community as well. Um, so I think the only one we really haven't talked a lot about is water, though. Well, look, you know what? Let's talk let's, about let's, it. Let's talk a little bit about yeah, water. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the bottom line is when it comes to what's happening with water and, and what we've been working on, this is something that um, when, I, when I got onto the Board of Selectmen in 2017, mm -hmm. um, almost immediately, and I want to say it was early 2018, we reconstituted the Water and Sewer, the Board of Selectmen Water and Sewer Subcommittee. Okay. I've been sharing that for the last four years. Oh, okay. And we've looked at and been analyzing this problem as we've been seeing it continue to evolve, seeing the rising water costs. What it amounts to is, uh, to me, some very straightforward math. We generate 40% or so, plus or minus of our water, from our town well. Okay. 
That water costs us, by best estimates, between fifty and hundred thousand dollars a year to generate. Okay. Right. Sure. The remaining sixty percent of our water comes from the MDC. Yep. In this year's budget, that cost was eight hundred and fifty-seven thousand dollars. Six years ago, it was $467,000. We've watched our water costs go up from $550,000 a year right. up to $950,000 a year. And what we're seeing is double-digit increases from MDC. Absolutely. Based on what the, the programs and the requirements that are being put on them, that's being passed along to us. Right. We have a model that we work from as we're trying to look at rates and as we're trying to analyze these things. That model indicates that based on those increases, MDC rates to us will be somewhere and could easily be one, between one and $1.1 million by the end of our contract in 2026. Mm -hmm. It's not sustainable for our community to do that. Yeah. We need to find another solution. What we're doing now, and we've been, we have the support, Department of Public Health awarded us a $250,000 grant. We're working now uh, with that grant to find our own Portland-owned water source. Okay. The reason is, is if we can make that other 60% of the water we need to generate, make that cost model look like the 40% that we're already generating through our well, mm -hmm. we're going to save ourselves a lot of money as a community and we're going to be able to have our, we're going to be able to control our own destiny. That water right. cost is very stable, the MDC water cost is not. So if we can control that, that's, that's going to help us out tremendously. Right. You have to also look at the rest of the picture. It's not just the cost of water, Okay. but it's also the amount of the cost of the infrastructure we would have to build. Mm -hmm. So we've got to be smart about well, where we look, how we try to tap into an aquifer, you know, where, where we can actually find good clean water and good, you know, good clean water, good quantity, right. right, to meet our needs. But we've also got to look at how we're going to tie that back into the system and make sure we do that in a smart economical way as, as well. Right. The bottom line is that we've got to have this really in place by 2025. So as I, when I'm talking with people, I tell them, we basically have four years. Right. In that four years, we've got to locate it, permit it, design the infrastructure, and implement it. Absolutely. Because when 2026 comes along, we want to be able to control our destiny when we're negotiating our future. Absolutely. So now, what is the MDC, the Water Authority? Uh, Metropolitan District. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, which means that right now, the water, you know, the majority of water we get in town is basically coming from, you know, Brockhamstead, Far you know, Farmington River Watershed, yep. and it's, we're moving it all the way, and we're sort of the end of the line for that. Gotcha. Um, so we have to move that water a long way. It's not necessarily the most environmentally efficient, mm -hmm. you know, process. Um, I think that if we are able to establish a solid water source along that, in, in Portland, right, along east of the river, right. and we're able to meet our needs, which we should be able to do, and I'm very confident that we can do. Um, but we can also then as we, you know, the next step from that, once we get our costs under control, then it makes a lot of sense to try to expanding the system, right? Right, right now, if we try to expand the system, you know, we'd be asking folks to basically um, pay for a product that's more expensive than they'd want to pay for. Right. Let's get the costs under control and get them stable, and then look how, where we uh, expand the system in a way that's targeted to drive additional economic development. Right. And I also look at it and say five to ten years. You know, to me, I, I see this as the zero to five. Right. I always like to think, I don't, I don't care whether it's education, whether it's economic development or water, I always like to look at the short-term plan and then the long-term plan. I'd also like us to then be thinking in a five to ten-year plan where we start trying to think about how we can work along that Route 66 corridor. Right. Some of our neighbors have challenges um, with being able to get enough clean potable water. You know, it's an opportunity for Portland if we are controlling our destiny and we've got um, our house in order mm -hmm. to be able to start helping and servicing that customer, which again benefits all the Portland ratepayers by doing that. Right. Right? If done properly. And it also can benefit the economic stability of the entire Route 66 corridor. Absolutely. It can help out. Absolutely. How big of a town is Portland? 
We have 9,300 uh, okay. residents right now. All right, pretty good size. So pretty, pretty good size. Yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And we got a little bit more time left, but I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask the question that I always ask my candidates. Sure. It's election day. Sure. I am a constituent who hasn't voted yet. Okay. Why should I vote for you over your opponent? If I if I've only got a, a very short while to say, I would say, I would say that um, for over 20 years. Um, people in Portland have seen me work very hard um, for the town of Portland. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I do that work because I love doing that work. Uh, the, the volunteer work, everything I've done up until this point, it is because I love doing the work. To me, when you love doing something, you can do it well and you can put all your energy and all your focus into it. If elected on first selectman, I will have put all my energy and all my focus, I will leverage that against with my experience and I will work very hard for well, if you're there, for you as a voter. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. We've got a little, little bit more time. We've got about 45 seconds left, so what do you, okay. I'll leave you, give you the floor for 45 seconds. What do you want to say to the constituents in the town of Portland? Um, I would say uh, to the constituents in the town of Portland um, that I very much, I, I enjoy the support. I very much enjoying being out on the campaign. We're knocking on hundreds of doors. I'm loving the feedback that we're getting from the community. And uh, um, I truly hope that um, I will have your support on November 2nd. And, um, and if elected on November 2nd, I will work very hard to, as we say in, in our videos, uh, I will work hard every day to try to make uh, life just that little bit better in Portland. Jim Tripp, thanks for some time, my friend. Okay. And we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be having Jim Tripp. I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night. And we'll see you next time.